stuck in our homes But you're not alone Our seven feet at peace We'll shoot the breeze COVID-19 has you down Down So stay with us and hang around Until it all works out I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. Hey, Dave. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I want to start the podcast. We received a lot of messages uh, from yesterday's podcast uh, where I I kind of walked through the situation of the neighborhood parade and bringing my son inside. Um, And I, I did respond to everybody who wrote with their concerns with that decision. And I just wanted to let everybody know, I, you know, re- hindsight is 2020. It's amazing what a little bit of time and perspective can do to kind of to bring some clarity to a situation. And I do think that my bringing him inside was definitely more of a protective technique for myself than for him. He, he probably would have been okay with, with another child being celebrated. Um, in in truth, and I probably, you know, I'll probably get more emails when I admit this, which is fine. Email me. I love getting messages. Um, but I, I was protecting myself. My feelings were hurt. My feelings were hurt that, that, you know, that we weren't thought of with the same regard as other neighbors. And it just hurt my feelings. And I took it personal, probably wasn't personal probably had to do with the fact that yesterday was a gorgeous day and people are looking for something to do on Saturdays. I can think of a lot of different variables other than it was against us, right? It probably wasn't, but I think that we've been quarantined for so long. There's so many issues going on in, in everyday life. Everybody's, you know, tensions are high. Everybody's stressed. There's a lot of anxiety and I am sure that I have taken something that was joyful for somebody else and personalized it in a way that was probably not the most appropriate. Well, um, I think, well, A, I think it's fairly, um, I, I, I think it's very open of you to, to consider it that way. I also think it's important to acknowledge that um just for context for people like when when peggy and i record these podcasts when when we record our our pre-covid 19 weekly podcasts we plan them out we have an outline of what we're going to talk about um and that's much more um it's just much more scripted at one level um when you and i are talking on these podcasts peggy we're not planning anything this is literally we're walking in and we're we're intentionally not talking to each other about what we're going to talk about a whole lot we're French um, chatting and spending time. Exactly. This is just us yeah. talking about what life is like in quarantine. And we were both people with limb loss. And let's talk about what's going on. Um, and in the context of yesterday's discussion, just so listeners know, this Peggy and I spoke not less than 30 minutes after this happened. Um, so right. we just jumped on the call. Peggy didn't tell me this was happening. And so it's a very organic discussion. And I say all of that because I think that, um, you know, 24 hours does make a difference and you get to step away from things and you can be a bit more objective. 
I also think that your reaction in the moment was not unreasonable. I suspect I would have had the same reaction if it were my kids. Um, so I just want to, I, certainly we, we really appreciate uh, members of the Amped Army weighing in and giving some context and other possibilities. And, um, and yet at the same time, Peggy, I would probably encourage you, don't beat yourself up because I think it's a really natural response. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the truth is, Dave, nobody's lived through this type of situation before. Um, everybody has a unique journey and a unique perspective, and it is what it is, right? I, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it. M I mean, my feelings are still hurt. Timmy's fine. He's he's happy. He's fine. Uh, did I protect him from anything? Probably not. Was I trying to shield myself? Maybe. Probably. <laughs> Yep. You know, and, and I have a blog and I write about it a lot. Avoidance is my go-to coping mechanisms when things get get hard. And I'm sure that that's what's going on. Yeah, you, you, you may be right. You, you may be right. Um, listen, we don't, especially, especially in COVID-19 quarantine, this is not the time where people are probably going to all of a sudden step away from you know, 40 plus years of ingrained behavioral patterns and just change. This is, right. you know, if anything, we're gonna we're gonna revert back to what we are uh, harder and and more strongly than we ever have before because that's what makes us feel comfortable. And I just, in in all honesty, I just didn't want to see it. I just didn't want. I mean, I'm happy that that the other child got to be celebrated. I am, um, but my heart hurt that that mine wasn't and i realize that it's petty and that it, i i get all of that all of that i totally understand and acknowledge and i'm owning it but right now it is what it is understood well i appreciate you sharing that with us peggy i know it's it's not a fun this has not been a fun topic for you for the last 18 hours or so no no and and you had asked me a question right before we went live if um you know i and and the idea of of me being perceived as as overprotective um and and it's gotten me thinking and we'll probably discuss it more but you know people who i know that we've acquired a lot of new listeners just since we started th this COVID series okay so mm -hmm. a lot of our our new listeners may not know that that timmy has had quite a health struggle in his young life you know he was premature beat the odds beat the odds there preemie um diagnosed with a very serious autoimmune disorder has gone through chemo treatments because of it has gone through trying to reset his immune system we were in the middle of yet another round of treatments uh that were suddenly stopped when COVID hit because it's not safe for him to go to the hospital to continue that type of treatment um which i totally i understand all of that but i think it's important not not to justify but maybe explain and rationalize to our listeners that that maybe i am kind of protective of him because sometimes that's the only thing i can do to help i mean i have a child who you know his toenails are falling off his little toes get so so inflamed and swollen that they don't fit in his sneakers that are already a size too large. Um, he wakes up at night just crying because his body hurts. He breaks out in horrible hives. He goes through periods where he can't eat. I mean, he has some real, true, painful issues that, that he has to deal with all the time. So sometimes I think 
if I can save him from from having hurt feelings along with all of that, I'll do that. Yeah, completely understandable. And that was exactly the context in which I just I posed that question before we jumped on. And I essentially asked Peggy, you know, do you think you would have do you think that you would have reacted that way if you hadn't been through what you you're going through with Timmy? Like, you know, I I I try to project myself into that situation, Peggy. I was thinking about this yesterday. If if I had um, a child who had faced those types of health challenges, um, would I parent differently than I do? And I think the answer is clearly yes. And I've seen I've seen enough parents of young children with limb loss or limb difference to know that, um, especially when they are just adjusting to the fact that this is how their kid's life is going to be. They're going to be living a life that involves going to a prosthesis office regularly and using uh, prosthetics uh, or, or even orthotics to be able to function and to be mobile. Um, you see those parents trying to take away their kid's pain in any way they can. And I think over time that normalizes. Um, it and, does. But it's, it's definitely different than being the parent of kids who aren't facing those challenges. There's just no way to compare those two things. So I think it's, I think it's a really complex issue and, and there aren't right and wrong ways to do it. There, there are ways that as a parent, you try to do the best you can. And, um, you know, we've, I think everyone who's been a parent, if we could have a do over and do, you know, a million things differently, I sure would with my kids. I mean, there's a million things I can think of that I right. would do differently. And I think I've done, and Kara has done a, a really decent job. But I also know, <laughs> I joke with Kara, I say, you know, the question is not, will our kids need to go to therapy? The question is, how long will our kids need to go to therapy <laughs> because of us? Right. And, um, you know, that's that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, so uh, it's it's tough. It's complex. Um, but uh, we do appreciate, you know, people weighing in and sharing their perspectives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I did take, you know, I, I considered everything and it really, the, the input has made me see things through a different lens and I do appreciate that. So that's all I needed to say. You take over, Dave. You want me to go to, you, no, you, I assume you want me to segue to something ridiculously light here, right? I do, you want to just yes. Chip, chip yes. Gears. All right, so. Unless you want me crying on a podcast, you know, because no, I'm like right there, so. No, I don't, yeah. because I, because I, 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 I'm a, I'm emotionally stunted, so I won't be able to deal with that very well, um, and I won't be supportive, I, I assume. So let me, let me say this. First of all, I'm going to. Um, acknowledge that yesterday on our podcast, Peggy, I made a slight error when we were talking about Marie Kondo and the the joy of cleaning and the book mm -hmm. that I had gotten. I think I I think I said that she was Chinese and she's not. She's Japanese. Very sorry. Huge difference between those two things. Was reading her book and realized I think I said Chinese on the podcast. She's Japanese. <laughs> I better address that. So, uh, so apologies to Marie Kondo. Did read the book. Very interesting book. Kind of. Um, interesting to think about walking through your house and surrounding yourself with objects that you treat as if they actually have spirits and they are somehow serving you instead and of just it goes being the whole objects. toy story thing that we talked about last week with getting rid of stuff see yeah but yeah. what but the thing that did uh ring 
that that I liked about it. See, I I, I have. I have no problem just throwing stuff out. I don't really have a lot of emotional attachment to things. Um, but really? what I liked, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Shockingly, I know for you. Um, but the um, the way she frames it for normal people, people not like me who really do struggle with this, is she says, this is not about what you're throwing out. It's about what you're keeping. And so she simply yeah. inverts it and says, the question you're asking is, does this thing bring me joy? Because you're going to only keep things that truly bring you joy. I really love this thing. And if it doesn't do that, then you're out. You know, it's out right. and it's gone. Um, so it was, it was interesting. I, I got through the whole book yesterday um, and it was it was quite enjoyable. Um the other uh, thing I'll say, Peggy, just in the interest of being completely ridiculous, and this is certainly this certainly qualifies as light and inane, more inane even than light. Um, so I was I was staring at myself in the mirror last night. I have since the quarantine started. I've you know I've grown a beard. I've had it longer before, and now it's relatively short and under control. And I think I made the decision last night that I'm going to let it grow out. For no okay. real reason, because it doesn't grow out very well, but I'm just going to do it. Um, I've already, just so people know, within my company, um, the the general response to this has been um, either I look like um, I look like the guy in the, and I don't look like this guy. If I looked like this guy, I would be far better looking. I look like the guy in the old Dos Equis ads, the most interesting man alive. My beard has aspects of his beard. And I think really what that means in my company where I'm surrounded by primarily people who are younger than me, I'm 50, but most of the people I work with are younger than me. Um, I think what that means is you have gray in your beard and we associate anyone with gray in their beard as looking like that. Um, okay. <laughs> Because I really look nothing like that guy. Um, I would take it as so, a compliment. So there's that. And then um, most recently, one of my peers said that they're thinking of re renaming me the old man in the sea. Because I think given, and this is, they're in part responding to um, my my avatar in Outlook. So we use Outlook at work and um, our pictures are, are taken there. And I recently reshot it because for literally the last 14 years that I've worked at my company, it's a picture of me when I was hired there. And it was it was literally a snapshot that was taken um, by someone using a digital camera in mm -hmm. 2006. And I, I can remember where I was standing. It was just like, oh, quick smile. We just need this for you know your HR file. And it's like a different person, right? It doesn't look anything like me anymore. And so I retook that picture and I'm looking somewhat self-serious because I've determined that when I do selfies, I can't take a picture of myself smiling and look like a normal human being. So I look kind of serious and intense. And now they're they're calling me, they they think I look like a sea captain or something. <laughs> so oh, they're saying I have the to old, see the picture now. You have to send so it they, to me. So they say the old man in the sea might be my new nickname. And I I countered with, let's just call me the old man. I'd be more comfortable with that. <laughs> <laughs> old man McGill I said and then I have the added benefit if I'm old man McGill I'm only really like a step away from being a Scooby-Doo villain right oh that's true yeah old man McGee I think was the old I like, was the, yeah. I like oh captain my captain I think you should yeah, know no. that. I, well that's that's sweet of you we've talked about that in the past we have we have <laughs> so 
if, if I had to pick a nickname, that's what I would pick for you. Thank you. That's so sweet. That's definitely better than the old man in the sea. And it's definitely better than the most interesting man alive, which I am not, as, as we've established <laughs> by this podcast, which is, which is living, breathing proof of that. Um, anyway, did uh, I shift hard enough into the, uh, you did. into the, you did. I'm not, I'm not on the verge of tears anymore. I appreciate that. So sure. it is raining today. It was supposed to be bright and sunny and it's raining. So but it's supposed to be bright and sunny tomorrow. So I'm going to switch up my schedule. I'm going to work a lot today so that I can take tomorrow afternoon and actually enjoy the sunshine. Oh, good. So those are my big plans. And I've started watching The Office. I've never seen it. Oh, The Office is an amazing piece of American art. It is. Yeah, fantastic. so, and, and a lot of people have referenced it and my son talks about it. So I thought I, I need to do it. So I'm going to work all afternoon, have the office going, have some meatballs on the stove simmering all day. So that's my life. You kind of need to gut your way through the first few episodes because the the, the character, especially uh, Steve Carell's character does, does morph into something that is, he's pretty offensive all the time, but he's slightly more kind hearted as it goes yeah, on. I'm kind of finding him, a, a, I watched three seasons, three, episodes so far and i'm actually right. finding him kind of annoying oh he's super annoying and he will not become less annoying uh but he becomes more lovable while being yeah i don't like him that's what i was saying is i don't yeah. i'm not enjoying his character yet so the, i'll stick the, it out the english version of the office which was created by ricky gervais he is essentially irredeemable he is just a giant jackass and he has no redeeming value. And apparently when they brought it to the States and Gervais was consulted on this, Gervais instructed them. He said, if it's going to work in America, there, you ha there has to be some heart in this character. He has to be at his core. There has to be something good there because it will not fly doing it the way we did it in England, uh, which I think is absolutely right. Um, yeah. But it is... <laughs> The writing on the show, the characters, it is just a absolutely fantastic tour de force um, for most of its seasons. Okay. Well, Not I will anything. report back tomorrow. Yeah. Good. Glad to hear it. I think that's a, an important step in your cultural literacy, Peggy. Yes, um, I, I'm I working it on will, it. I think it will uh, prove to be a good investment of your time. All right. I'll let you know. Excellent. All right. I got nothing else. Think, all right. Have a great day, Dave. All right. You too. Take care. We'll chat tomorrow. Bye. We're stuck in our homes. But you're not alone. Her seven feet in.